And let's say the vocation of Saint Joseph, because Joseph and Mary having our Lord. The example of Joseph and Mary, Joseph and Mama Mary's pursuit of fidelity. The greatest thing about Saint Joseph is that God called him. Welcome to Saint Joseph Podcast. Come and journey with us as we explore the wonderful, wonderful life of our Father and Lord, St. Joseph. The time of Joseph is now. Ite ad Joseph. Ite ad Joseph. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the St. Joseph Podcast. Happy Feast Day to you, our dear friend, joining us today. Francis, Edward, how are you guys doing? Hello. Woohoo! <laughs> Wow, you yeah. so guys are so energetic. <laughs> Can we do that hoo-hoo one more time for St. Joseph? Woohoo! Alright, Ite at Joseph. So good day, dear friends. Happy happy feast day. Thank you so much for joining us, sharing your time with us today at the St. Joseph Podcast. We hope you had a great uh, week and we hope you're having a great feast day so far. Oh, I'm very very excited for today. Today is actually the birthday of my best friend. And uh, tamang-tama kasi meron siyang Joseph din sa name niya. So, saktong-sakto, di ba? What about you guys? Ha, uh, anything special that you guys are gonna celebrate for today, March 19? Aside from, of course, this wonderful episode we're having right now. What about you, Francis? Well, I guess along with this celebration of our Father and Lord, we also celebrate the 500 years of Christianity. I mean, some of us have just witnessed days back uh, the Holy Father celebrating a Mass for the Philippines, for the Filipino community in Rome. I, I think that's part and parcel of all the things we're celebrating now. Well, alongside <laughs> the first year into the quarantine. <laughs> so how about you, Edward? What can you share with the many celebrations we have now? Well, yeah, one thing, I guess it's going to be my, uh, or it was my mom's birthday, March 17, two days, two days ago. And I think we'll celebrate also again today, having some food. And aside from that, uh, good news, we won't have limited face-to-face anymore for internship. Yay! Congrats! <laughs> be, you know, virtual. Also, but it's your saint day. It's your patron saint day. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and okay. speaking of an one one year anniversary of lockdown, sorry to be cagey, but this is really a PSA for everyone out there. If you guys leave, uh, please stay safe. You know, COVID cases here in the Philippines are like shooting up again. So if ever uh, you you're in doubt, ite at Joseph. Okay, just stay at home and <laughs> do whatever you can. All right, to stay safe and practice social distancing and everything and anything you go can. Go to Joseph. Go safe. to home. Go to Joseph. <laughs> Go, go to Joseph, go to home. He is our home. Yes, indeed. So, Francis Edward, I am very, very happy that uh, for the past few episodes that we've had, this is it. This is our, as you mentioned a while ago in the briefing, this is the penultimate. Uh, sorry, it's a new word, so <laughs> I'm not that well-versed in English. So, I'm very excited to celebrate uh, this wonderful uh, day with you guys through this wonderful podcast. So, Francis, care to share, you know, aside from that, we know that this is a Feast day, the feast day of St. Joseph. Care to share what our main discussion for today is? Well, I, I like to uh, think that, wow, there's a lot of uh, virtues, a lot of titles we can ascribe to St. Joseph. We've talked about Joseph as uh, the terror of demons. We've talked about Joseph as the protector of the Holy Family. But all these things lead up to this virtue 
in which all of us are called to fidelity. The main reason why we're here, the main reason why we're striving to become saints, to be good Christians, to be good people, good friends, good uh, brothers and sisters with everyone. It's that virtue, fidelity. And to be honest, <laughs> uh, the past few episodes were conceptualized not by the team, but by St. Joseph and Mary herself. And literally, uh, as I was praying the rosary the other day, thinking of how we could go about this, you know, St. Joseph as the good, the faithful man. The, literally, St. Joseph was pointing to the love of his life, Our Lady. As I was praying the rosary, asking Our Lady, St. Joseph, help me, help us to frame this episode very well. And all they needed to say was, instead of ite ad Joseph, <laughs> ite ad Mary or ite ad Maria, if you would like to follow the Latin rules. Anyway, so to Mary we go this time. We look at uh, the love of St. Joseph, and this is how we're going to tackle our episode for today. And that the fidelity of St. Joseph is also... is reflection reflecting on the most beautiful creature of god and we're going to talk about that our lady so lucas maybe we can start with you know we we can tackle this by ourselves we we have very special guests for tonight indeed indeed so saint joseph most faithful pray for us as we journey on to your heart to discuss today's wonderful topic so allow me to introduce our reactor for today first up our reactor, I was about to say the name, sorry, is a third-year BS physical therapy student and currently a junior intern in the University of the Philippines, Manila. She loves her big family life as she is eldest to seven other siblings. She is a hobbit at heart. On her free time, she loves to read fictional books and to imagine accompanying her favorite characters on their journeys. Please welcome our reactor for today, Mika Cordero. Good evening, Mika. Hi. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the St. Joseph Podcast. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. I'm doing good. And I'm excited for today's discussion. All right. Thank you so much for that. So, Francis, care to, care to introduce our guest for today? All right. So, we have a very special guest for tonight. Miss Monsignor Carlos Estrada is the regional vicar of the Prelature of the Holy Cross and Opus Dei in the Philippines. He was a professor of religion in the University of Asia and the Pacific for 17 years. He obtained a licentiate in philosophy and is currently a doctoral candidate in philosophy as well in the Pontifical University of the Holy Cross in Rome, Italy. Before he was ordained, he also took up BS Mechanical Engineering in De La Salle University. And he also used to be the chaplain of Sarangani Study Center for almost seven years in the center that most of us here go to. And so let us all welcome, as we call him, Father Kayo. Hi, uh, greetings Hello. to everyone and a happy feast day on this Feast of St. Joseph. I hope everyone is safe and, uh, and well and your families too. Thank you very much, Father Kayo. Father. All right. So, dear friends, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Father Kayo and Mika, thank you so much for joining us today. So, to our friends uh, watching our episode right now, feel free to share your comments down below the 
comment section and you may catch us if ever you want to share more insights you may catch us at facebook.com st joseph podcast and also this episode will be released soon on spotify we are now on spotify check out our this episode and our other episodes at bit.ly slash sjp spotify so enough about marketing let's now talk about st joseph <laughs> so allow me to start uh father kayo with a yeah, sure. simple question what is the virtue of fidelity for you so i think st joseph uh exemplifies this virtue very well can you share with us also your vocational story and maybe you can relate it to your understanding of uh fidelity and its relevance to today yes okay um well you know fidelity maybe if we were to go to the etymological route comes from the Latin word fides, which means faith. For that reason, um, sometimes people interchange the two. They use faithfulness uh, for fidelity because they both mean the same thing. So when one is faithful, um, one lives, therefore, not simply by certainties, things that are tangible, things that can be experienced, one, in fact, lives by faith. Now, um, going to a, a vocation, for example, and let's say the vocation of St. Joseph, because God called him uh, a person who seemed to be a very ordinary man. In fact, nothing, nothing much is said about him in scriptures. We, he doesn't even say anything. For that reason, sometimes he had been called Joseph the Silent because he never uttered any word, at least any recorded word in scriptures. But there was he, a man who was faithful to the mission God had given him, despite so many uncertainties. Finding out, for example, that uh, our Blessed Mother was with child, and God did not reveal anything to him at that particular time. But the way he tried to resolve it was precisely being faithful both to Mary as well as to God's will. He decided to put Mary away privately, so which would mean that he would abandon her and the blame would fall on him. So people would think that he was the cause of Mary's pregnancy and not that Mary had had some other affair with some other men. But um, because of his fidelity, his acting with faith, uh, an angel appeared to him in a dream and told him, well, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Joseph was faithful when he took care of Mary and who was already about to give birth as they went to Bethlehem. And he had to look for a place to stay because there was no room in the inn. He was faithful to God's plans um, when they went to Egypt, despite the fact that uh, he could have questioned, well, couldn't, couldn't God protect the Messiah, because after all, he was God himself. So in a word, uh, when one lives by faith, one is faithful. But then again, perhaps if we were to connect this to uh, another virtue, loyalty. Fidelity is actually loyalty. That is to say, when I give my word, then I have to keep it. Unfortunately, nowadays, um, this sense of commitment, giving one's word and living up to it, well, many people don't see the importance of that. No? Sometimes in the minds of many, they will give their word, they will commit themselves only insofar as they feel like. Once things start getting tough, once 
difficulties arise, once whatever other things, other circumstances come up in life, then you know, some, some people just throw in the towel. No? Well, obviously, one cannot call that fidelity because faithfulness, fidelity, necessarily means also or entails a forever. Although, of course, sometimes you hear this expression, walang forever. No? But the thing is that, that fidelity precisely requires forever. It requires a forever. There is no such thing as a fidelity which is temporary. I, I cannot say, for example, I will be faithful only up to a certain extent. Well, no, if you give your word, you have to fulfill it. That's, uh, that's precisely the human virtue of loyalty, which is the foundation for fidelity. So, therefore, fidelity is that. Now, um, you asked also about the vocation. Well, uh, in a vocation, as also Mary discovered her vocation, Joseph discovered his vocation, um, vocation is essentially a mission. So God entrusts a person whom he calls with a certain mission. When the person says, yes, I commit myself, well, now I have to be faithful in carrying out that mission until the end of my life. Uh, that would be the forever, because that eventually continues in heaven also with the love of God, which never dies. Well, um, just to give an example, although perhaps the example of my own vocation might not be as great as that of St. Joseph, because after all, uh, I wasn't called to take care of the second person of the Blessed Trinity, nor of uh, a woman who was full of grace. Well, but nonetheless, um, one can one can see the importance of fidelity in any vocation that one is called to here on earth. Well, in my particular case, well, I was I was studying in La Salle, mechanical engineering. I was in my first year of college when someone introduced me to a center of Opus Dei. He invited some of us to attend some talks. Uh, on I remember they were. They were talks on human virtues precisely, um, and also on study. So fine, uh, I went with uh, a couple of other friends. I remember the day that I went because it was my birthday. That was the very first time I set foot in the center of Opus Dei, my birthday. So that, that's why it's, uh, it's memorable, uh, never to be forgotten. Um, well, then I saw the place and I said, whoa, I, I didn't realize that there was such a place here. Um, the a very neat place, a, a great study room, uh, a chapel to boot. No? Well, that was just the beginning because <clears throat> I started attending activities. Eventually, time went on, and little by little, I began to feel that well, this had to be leading somewhere. No? Um, and at one point in time, that's when they broached the possibility of a vocation to celibacy as a member of Opus Dei. Maybe just a clarification because um, those who join or who have a vocation to Opus Dei do not join as priests. They are called as lay persons because they have to sanctify their ordinary lives. Um, priests can join not Opus Dei, but another association connected to Opus Dei called the Priestly Society of the Holy Cross um, as priests. But those who join Opus Dei or who are called to Opus Dei are called as lay persons. And uh, in my case, well, I, they broached me the possibility of following God in Opus Dei as a celibate member. 
So in other words, you don't uh, you don't leave your studies or your future profession, but you feel God is calling you to be celibate, to give yourself completely to Him in the service in Opusay. And so that is what uh, I was called to, or what they thought I was called to. And of course, you know, when you're face to face with something like that, you get scared. I got scared. And so I disappeared from the center for a couple of months. I mean, it was, it was a perfect timing because summer vacation, you know, and so that was uh, summer. So then that was my excuse. No? I, I, I'm on vacation. And so uh, I stopped all of the contact with the sir. I remember that uh, during the time, wala pong cell phones. So therefore, uh, the, the guy who was, who was uh, attending to my formation was, was uh, uh, en encouraging me uh, to, come, to come over again. Fine, I said, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come. But, you know, in, in the end, you never, you never can run away from what God is calling you to. So that's exactly what happened. So after some time, I had to face up with the reality that I had the vocation as a celibate member of Opus Dei. Uh, layperson at that, no? and so finally, I I joined. I answered the call uh, to be. Uh, they call them numeraries. Now, these are the ones who eventually live in the centers and they take care of the formation of the other members of Opus Dei. No? Um, now, uh, is a fast forward because uh, eventually you might wonder, but how come how come I'm a priest? Well, actually, I never had any inkling of becoming a priest. So, like I said. The vocation to Opuse is a vocation to sanctify whatever you're doing, seek holiness in your ordinary situation, which in my case, since I was uh, in mechanical engineering, well, I finished mechanical engineering, I graduated, and I started working. And in fact, that was a very absorbing work. Um, terrific. I mean, I, I would have continued it and I would have grown with that company because... Uh, not only was the company good, uh, not only were they gave very good training, they also paid a very good salary, by the way, no? which was another attraction. So, um, but then, I mean, there came a time when I was asked, no? well, would you would you consider? Would you think God might be calling you to the priesthood? Well, you see, in 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 our case, uh, the the lay numeraries, no? um, we're open to whatever possibilities. Uh, God asks us or what Opus Dei asks us. No? So in my case, I thought about it and I said, well, fine. I don't see any problem. No? So which is why I I resigned from my work and then I was sent to Rome to study, um, taking up my theology, philosophy, theology courses uh, until finally uh, the moment came for my ordination and well, I was ordained and that's the that's the short of the long story, no? because many things happened in between. But, but in the end, that's where. So here, here I am now as a as a priest in Opus Dei, and I have been a priest since 1984. That was when I was ordained, August 15, 1984. So, Father, were you the chaplain, the first chaplain of Sarangani? That was your first assignment. Yeah. So, as I came back, I I was assigned to Sarangani Study Center, which is a a center of Opus Dei that gives formation to male uh, college students. Most of the people going to the center at that time were students of UST, University of Santo Tomas. No? So I was chaplain there for some seven years. No? And, but then after that, 
the reason why I had to transfer was because I was appointed I was appointed to be one of the chaplains and teachers in the University of Asia and the Pacific. And so that's, for, that's from 1992 until 2008, if I'm not mistaken, 2008, yes. Well, I've been there in UANP. 2009, I'm 17 years, yes. Wow. Thank you. That's when you very much. Was that yeah, when you became fun. the vicar? After? Or well, yeah. You were, well, yeah. First, first uh, in 2008, I was appointed spiritual director. And I was spiritual director of the Philippine region. Uh, it is one of the positions in the governing body of Opus Dei. But um, I was still teaching at that time, just finishing off the school year. No? Um, but when once the, once the school year ended, well, I continued on as spiritual director until I was appointed regional vicar in 2010. Mm, okay. Okay, yeah. Lucas, the, the reason why I sort of stretch the story of Father Caio is precisely to emphasize what Father Caio is saying, fidelity. <laughs> because, you know, the yeah. plans of God continue to unfold. I mean, we don't even know until really the last uh, the last drop of uh, sweat, the last drop of blood that we could have on this earth. So yeah. you can continue, Lucas. Yeah, thank you, Father. And after sharing your story, Father, there's one thing that I'll never forget. Uh, I was talking with my mentor, you know, and he enlightened me and said, once God calls, you can never, ever <laughs> turn away from that calling of God. Right, that's true. <laughs> I was like, that's correct. wow. Oh, man, no? like, yeah. And thinking about, you know, once God calls, you, you really can't, can't get away <laughs> from it yeah. because this is where you are and this is your way of practicing the virtue of yeah. fidelity through your vocation. Yes. What about you, Mika? Your, your thoughts on our discussion? Mika, you're on mute. <laughs> okay. okay, there. Perfect. There. Can you guys hear me already? Yep. Yeah, perfect. All right. So I think Father was able to summarize it well, uh, what fidelity is, loyalty and faithfulness. And I guess from also from Father's story, you can see the adventure that he has, you know, that he has been. Like um, taking on that, um, being faithful and really, um, you know, being pious to uh, his calling in the beginning, which is um, to that of our Lord and to that in Opus Dei. And yeah, he wouldn't have known Naman from the beginning that he would become a priest right now. And it's amazing, really. It gives fidelity, gives some sort, it gives the direction of your life in a way that you'll never really fully see. But then, like, if you remain you know, faithful and loyal to that calling. Right now, I guess, Father, um, you can say you're happy, right? <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I would say uh, fulfilled, actually, because mm -hmm. once you discover what uh, God has in plan for you, well, that is your greatest good here on earth. And so, therefore, yeah. there is fulfillment. Yeah. yeah. There. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. And I guess conclusion, fidelity leads to fulfillment. So that, that that's my key takeaway. What about you, uh, Francis and Edward? Any thoughts you'd like to share? Well, I agree. No, uh, I was actually, let's say, inspired. It 
open my mind or open my eyes when father said yung walang forever fidelity but fidelity has a forever you know <laughs> and it made me think um father was a mechanical engineering student and he found his vocation to be a uh uh, numerary who knows maybe we would hear soon uh father francis a father lucas who knows agreed no agreed yeah <laughs> i don't know why it took myself uh, father edward yeah also that you know <laughs> so fidelity it can be forever you know a vocation forever it's my takeaway it's really really uh inspired or let's say open my eyes with father's story how about you Francis, Father Francis. <laughs> yeah, I recall a lot of uh, schoolmates of ours, even classmates of ours, addressing me as Father Francis. But I, I really enjoyed hearing the story of Father Cayo, uh, the inputs of Mika, Lucas, and Edward, because uh, fidelity, as how Father Cayo said it, it really starts with our the beginning point, which is faith. Uh, we, we can only be faithful if we have faith, in faith in the vocation, in trusting in God, and all the, the marks of fidelity, that uh, the fulfillment, that happiness. So I think I'd like to compare that with St. Joseph, like what Mika said. Uh, sometimes when we answer the call, we already feel so happy, but we don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes that gets uh, the better of us later on. Times will come again and again that our vocation can be shaken. But we have to remember, this comes from God. In the same way that St. Joseph received the calling, <laughs> uh, before he did receive the calling, he already received uh, such a powerful, pressuring, caused the most anxiety probably, that Mary was with a child with someone else, not with him. And it's only after that he received peace because he trusted he was just in treating Our Lady. And even still, after that, even receiving uh, a vocation, which, as Father Kaya said, the, the greatest good that we could ever receive because it leads us to the fulfillment of our life. Um, Joseph had to go through uh, leaving for Egypt. Joseph had to go through uh, not being able to see Jesus in his public life, even. I'm sure our fathers would want us to see how we would be successful later on in their lives. But jo Joseph, we could say, we could consider he didn't uh, have that. And he didn't even experience <laughs> the, the crowning glory for our Lord, which is a different kind of crown on the cross, which is very much different from what our fathers would want. But really, I, I'm sure we could uh, dwell on that later on. But I like how Father Cayo mentioned, more importantly, the loyalty, that sense of loyalty in which people now forget. A lot of us, I could attest to that loyalty. So maybe we can move on with the second uh, question, if I could uh, mention it. So what are some key takeaways can we get from the example of Our Lady, of Our Mother, and the fidelity of St. Joseph? And how were they faithful to one another? Maybe we can start yes. again with Father Ayo. Okay. Um, well, you see, the one has to read in between the lines in the Gospels in order to discover the manifestations of fidelity. This may be just as an aside. When one reads the Gospels, 
don't expect that you will encounter um, a, a something written like a novel in which everything is explained. No? Um, the way people would be thinking, uh, their feelings, and all that. No? Um, God somehow arranged things to leave us also with our imagination, which we in fact can use when reflecting on the Gospels. And as long as what we think about is in keeping with Catholic doctrine, there is no problem. It can help us in our piety. Well then, um, instances in which we can discover, reading in between the lines, the way Joseph and Mary were faithful to one another. The first I already mentioned earlier, and which also Francis Kiko brought up, the, that well, Joseph, this one maybe I'll explain a little bit more. When I just I just stated it in summary form earlier, you see when when the archangel Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her that she would bear in her womb the Son of the Most High, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. Well, our Blessed Mother immediately said yes. She just simply asked a question: How will this come about? Because I am a virgin. You see, because it is believed by some spiritual writers that our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph must have made a promise of celibacy. That is to say, even though they were betrothed, that they would re remain virgin. Uh, they would remain in the state of virginity. So that is a common belief among many of the fathers of the church. No? So uh, Mary, a question, how will this come about since I am a virgin? If she had given herself already in virginity to, to God, uh, how would this happen? She was not doubting. She just simply wanted to understand, having given herself to God, how would she now bear in her womb, considering that she would be a virgin? And the Archangel Gabriel explained, the power of the Most High will overshadow you such that he who will be born of you is born of the Holy Spirit. But you can see the reaction of her Blessed Mother. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. You know, you think about those words and you realize our Blessed Mother gave everything. No questions. She, you know, she didn't start negotiating, haggling. No, uh, what about this? What about that? What about this other thing? Um, but uh, a total giving of herself at that particular moment. That's another example of fidelity. Once one hears the call of God, one thinks about it as our Blessed Mother did, and then she says yes. No? There are other moments also when we are when the gospel mentions that our blessed mother pondered all these things in her heart. Um, one moment was when the when the magi appeared. Our blessed mother pondered what all of this was how what all of this meant. Another time was in the temple also when uh, the when Simeon and Anna prophesied about the child. So Mary was reflective. She was prayerful. She did not just simply react to things, but she would ponder them in her heart. Understood as praying about them, trying to understand what the plan of God was, which is another example of fidelity to whatever God wants. Because uh, when God asks us for something, there are many times that we don't understand why. Um, Pope Francis would call these God surprises. God surprises us. But God's surprises are always 
good surprises. They're never evil. No? Um, sometimes when we play a practical joke on someone, and say we surprise the person, we never know what to expect. No? Uh, it can be something good. It can be kalokohan also. No? Uh, but in the case of God, the surprises are always good. And so for that reason, when we act with faith, when we are faithful precisely, and something like that comes up, and we discern, well, God is asking something of me. But I don't know exactly how to go about it, how is it supposed to happen. But nonetheless, I say, well, yes, I, I, even though I do not understand, even though things are uncertain, I give myself to you. And you respond. Now, going back to Joseph, he found out Mary was with child, but he had nothing to do with it. Now, here also you see his wisdom because the gospel simply says, and he resolved to put Mary away quietly. Well, there's a lot behind that statement. Is it because if a woman is discovered to be with child and she's already betrothed, that's equivalent to adultery. Now, in, the, in Jewish law, if a woman is caught in adultery, the punishment is stoning to death. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's, it's radical. No? So, I'm sure Joseph knew that. He said, well, if he, not knowing what was happening, if he were to denounce Mary, well, she would be stoned to death. But then, Joseph being a just man, that is the way scripture describes him, just in scriptural terms, means holy. So therefore, Joseph uh, must have been reflecting, praying, realizing, you know, Mary, with her holiness, she couldn't have done anything foolish. No? Um, she, she, she couldn't have, have committed infidelity to him. So therefore, he must have, there must be something happening here, a mystery, which he was not part of. And so he had to respect that mystery. And how would he respect it, given the knowledge that he had? Well, he would be the one to take the blame. So in other words, he would put the blame on himself. He would put Mary quietly, meaning he would just leave. And people would think that, you see, si Joseph, nakabuntis, tapos lumayas. No? Uh, meaning Joseph uh, got Mary pregnant, and then he left. So the blame would not fall on Mary. It would fall on Joseph. No? But then that's precisely one thinking about this. The angel of the told him in a dream, don't be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife, because what is in her is of the Holy Spirit. And, and so there you see uh, a person who is faithful. Um, there are persons, you know, maybe just to give an idea, in this apostolic letter that the Holy Father, Pope Francis, wrote on the occasion of the year of St. Joseph, Patris Corde, with the heart of a father. There's one section there, and I recommend that you read the whole thing, but then in this particular section, something there has struck me, no? because... The Holy Father was, uh, was precisely commenting on this, that there are many things that Joseph could not understand. But what he did was to embrace those events, embrace his history, take responsibility for it, and uh, move forward, uh, look for a solution. And, you know, sometimes when people meet up with things that, they, that are not theirs, you know, their way of seeing things, their way of understanding things, the plans that they made, then rather than accept them as coming from God, taking responsibility for them and acting on it, they start blaming other people. Oh, this happened because of this person or because of that other thing. I have nothing to do with it. They don't want to take responsibility for what 
God might be telling them, in fact, through the events that happen in their lives. No? And so therefore, they remain stuck in a rut. And that's when people end up becoming bitter. No? So if you have met people who are bitter in life, it's usually because they have not been able to accept wholeheartedly what happened to them. They are still in the stage of blaming other people, blaming circumstances, blaming this, blaming that. No? Rather than taking it all as, well, God has wanted this to happen, so there must be something he wants to teach me. And from that, I move forward with what already has happened to me. I take it, I make it part of my history uh, as the life God has wanted for me. Then they're able to find solutions, as Joseph did. So there you see also his fidelity to God's plans. He, he would find solutions. He would not just be passive, wait for things to happen. He would find a solution uh, when there was no room in the inn. I, I'm sure that Joseph did not just simply say, well, sorry, Mary, no room in the inn. No, he found a, he found a stable, a place to stay. He, when uh, he was told, uh, go take the child and, and flee to Egypt. Well, you know, you think about it. It's not that as if we were just like a picnic, no? Oh, uh, we're supposed to go to Egypt. Oh, tara, let's go, no? Egypt. Well, you know, that's a, a thousand kilometers and they didn't have cars. No? They, had to, they had to walk or perhaps they had the donkey or a mule with them. And imagine all of the difficulties that they would have to face. But Joseph took it all in stride. He made it part of his life. And there is where you see Bersasi, how he would take care of our blessed mother and the child Jesus. So these are just the instances which really show Joseph and Mary's fidelity, the way they answered God's call, and the way they really worked together to make the plan of salvation happen. Go, Lucas. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all I have to say talaga is it takes two to tango. I don't know. I mean, uh, in uh, Joseph and Mama Mary's pursuit of fidelity, they really, they really work together so that they answer God's call and really uh, be the parents of Jesus. And, you know, that, that's all I have to say. What about you, uh, Mika? Care to share your thoughts? Yeah. Um, that's true. They were there for each other. They were each other's rocks, in a sense. And um, the thing was, Joseph wasn't. Uh, he may he may have been afraid um, to take on burden, but then that didn't stop him. Uh, he knew that he has the Lord with him, and I think that was what fully really helped um, Joseph and Mary having our Lord in the center. And yeah, um, I guess seeing from Joseph's uh, work throughout the gospel, which is there, um, having to travel to Egypt for a long, you know, for many miles and having to look for an inn. Um, like Father said, he didn't just say, I'm Mary Wulana, but he, went, he always went the extra mile out of love. And I guess this was what um, really helped with their fidelity with each other. Um, they always had each other in mind, and they were not afraid to go the extra mile for each other. So, yeah. Thank you for that. So what about you guys, Francis and Edward? Here Let's go, Edward. <laughs> well, I just want to share what my... Uh, 
my mom mentioned to me yesterday is that the greatest thing about Saint Joseph is that he is the husband of Mary and at the same time the father of Jesus. I just thought about that and it's like wow that is actually one of the greatest things about Saint Joseph. He's the husband of the Virgin Mary and the father of Jesus. Like wow okay and he knew he knew what he what his situation and throughout those years he still fulfilled his role in the let's say holy family as the head of the holy family as the husband of mary as the father of jesus he raised jesus yeah he knew that even though that jesus mm, isn't real he's like the foster father jesus isn't really I don't know if I want to say this like his, something like that. He still raised Jesus as his own. And that's just something great. Like he treated Mother Mary like any other husband nowadays, like a wife. Very, very nice. You know? That, what about you, Francis? How about you? <laughs> you know, I agree with what you said. Just imagine that when the angel approached Joseph, you are going to be the husband of Mary, the daughter of God, the mother of God, and also the father of Jesus. Again, like what I mentioned before, it's beyond the title of a foster father, not because that uh, he was not a biological, but how Joseph really gave everything in raising our Lord, being the man he that we know of him. We owe it to Joseph. Um, and also... Uh, just days ago, again, I mentioned at the start of this episode, we are celebrating the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines. And the first words that Pope Francis spoke of during his homily really struck me. And he, he said, 500 years ago, addressing to us Filipinos, uh, you received the joy of the gospel, and this joy is evident in your people. We see it in your eyes, in your faces, in your songs, in your prayers. And wow, if I could somehow paraphrase that, in the personage of Saint Joseph, that he not only received the joy of the gospel, Joseph received the word in flesh. Joseph received everything. I mean, he didn't have to do anything else because he was chosen to be the father of God. And the joy was evident in his personage, even if not a single line we could find about Joseph. We see it in the eyes of Joseph. Uh, how happy he was in probably hugging the child Jesus, throwing the child Jesus from right and left, so joyful from the very first few moments that Jesus was brought out of the womb up to the very last moment, the last breath of Joseph. And maybe in the songs and in the prayers that probably uh, helped raise our Lord. I mean, imagine Joseph, we know him, the master of interior life. So he was the one to quote-unquote teach this mastery to Jesus. But of course, Jesus is God also. So, uh, But other than that, I think we owe it also to, uh, again, what Father Kayo mentioned, the simple yes of Mary, which reminds me also of Joseph, his simple yes also. If Mary was uh, summarized her yes to simply saying yes without any more negotiation, Joseph, there's nothing written about him at all. I mean, he just literally took home Mary, 
and they started their life together, he was immediately derecho sa peace. Even if we know that he would have faced the anxiety, the pressure, and all. But as how we read the gospel until now, and as how we will always read it, Joseph just took Mary home. Joseph took the child Jesus to Egypt, to the places, and did not even say anything. He went to action. His faith, his fidelity was transformed to action. And that action made him the faithful man he is. And so this is a surprises, really the surprises of the vocation, as Pope Francis, as Father Kayo quoted from the Holy Father. The vocation, there's a lot of surprises that comes. But these are very beautiful surprises that we can never, ever anticipate because we all owe it to our faith, hope, and love with God. And I think last thing I would like to share is, you know, part of this fidelity is what Pope Francis also mentioned in Patris Corde, creative courage, a title he gave to St. Joseph. Because, okay, you can have faith, you can have the vocation, you can do a lot of things, but if you are not courageous, if you are not creative in how you live the vocation, then it will be really difficult. We need to be creative children of God. That's why we are, you know, that's why we want to maintain that childlike we, we young people want to be very, <laughs> to retain in our youth because this creativity, the ima- imagination that spurs into our hearts and minds, this is what St. Joseph would want us to continue on. Maybe to be even more creative after the first, this, after this podcast, first season of the podcast, to be more creative in the topics of our episodes, etc., etc. Yeah. All of us, young at heart, including Father Cayo. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what I have to share. We can go Thank on that. You. And speaking of master of interior life, that was actually my topic for the novena that we had to St. Joseph. So to those who were able to join us, uh, thank you so much for taking time off to join us there. I think it's available to replay. I think it's on our Facebook page. So feel free to check that out. All right. So uh, we hope you guys are having a great time with our discussion so far. So please feel free to just comment your uh, insights down below. So allow me to proceed to you know, keep the ball rolling. So uh, to our panel today, I'd love to ask you guys, you know, how important you know, is it for young people to know and imitate their example and fidelity? They're referring to uh, St. Joseph and Mother Mary. Because a while ago, we said that you know, the young people, they have some issues with loyalty and all of those things. So maybe you can supply with us the, the, the why. Why is this important? How is this really important for all of us? So, uh, Father Kaya, care to share? Well, yes. Um, let's see, because the... Let me go back to what I said at the beginning, no? that there sometimes appears to be a crisis of loyalty. Um, that people find it difficult to commit themselves or to keep their word no? as if it can easily be broken. We observe that lamentably in, let's say, uh, marriages that don't work out. Um, and I'm not talking about uh, difficulties that normally they would encounter, but uh, let's say the divorce mentality, which exists in other countries. Thankfully, we don't have any divorce law, uh, le- le- legal divorce here yet. Huh? But in other countries, this happens. You know, they get married. After a couple of years, they break up. And then uh, sometimes you have people with three, four marriages under their under their sleeve. And then, then as if it were just simply, well, I start something and then I don't continue with it. No? Um, fine. But then... On the positive side, 
we can see so many examples of loyalty. Um, sometimes I like to, I like to always give examples of the military because you find soldiers, for example, who are willing to give their lives to carry out a mission, and they're loyal to their country, they're loyal to the flag, they're loyal to to their commanders, no? to the point of dying. Um, and for them, that's a given. They that's why they're there. No? Um, you find examples of loyalty in so many other marriages. So there, there, it's not true that, at least here in the Philippines, it's not true that there are many broken marriages. There was some study done a couple of some years ago, and they found that actually the the rate of separation was rather low. Uh, most of the marriages are still faithful marriages. So there are people who are loyal. They they know what it means to be loyal. Um, now, why is it sometimes we find among persons a lack of sense of commitment? Well, on the one hand, um, I would say perhaps a lack of maturity because to commit oneself uh, requires a certain maturity. Um, maturity not only in terms of age, but maturity especially in one's way of thinking, one's way of approaching life. But uh, yeah, youthfulness is not an obstacle to that maturity. You know, our Blessed Mother, according to, according to some writers, would have been something like 15 years old or so, around that age, when she found out her vocation. Joseph could not have been an old person. I mean, this is a... Sometimes in the in some some spiritual writers uh, in the previous centuries tended to portray Saint Joseph as an elderly man, as a way of somehow protecting the virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But actually, um, from other studies, have shown that Joseph couldn't have been an old man. Um, definitely, maybe not as young as Mary, but he might have been just a few years older maybe even in his early 20s, but that's about as old as he would get. No? So in others, here you have the example of two persons who are young and were able to commit themselves. And that, that also in the history of the church. No? I mean, there are many saints, uh, many young saints, um, some of them even lay persons, who have been able to commit themselves even to the point of martyrdom, of even giving up their lives for the faith, no? a grace of the Holy Spirit, evidently. So, it's, it isn't that people cannot commit themselves. But what is necessary, I think, is for persons to discover, well, what is the good that God wants for them? Because maybe we, we might tend to take it for granted. We might just tend to think, well, uh, things happen in my life, and fine, I make choices, I do this, I do that. No? Um, but they don't maybe go further and try to think, but what is it that God really wants of me? What does he want of me in my life? What does he want me to do? Because the moment I think that we think deeply about the ultimate goals, not just simply what I'm going to do tomorrow or what I'm going to do now, but to think about where is my life headed? Where am I supposed to be going? I think that when people think about things from that perspective, what 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 is it? What, what do I think of myself, let's say, five years from now, ten years from now? Then we think, well, if I'm going to be that, I have to commit myself. I mean, I, 
we, I, I would have to I would have to commit myself to those goals and I would have to start doing things now to be able to achieve those goals. So that even on the human level. Now think about something much deeper, the supernatural level, God's call, God's objectives for us in life. Well, I think it's very important to discover that also because in the end, that's what our vocation is. That's where we're, we're headed. No? And for that reason also, um, maybe you might have experienced these yourselves, no? but then if you observe persons who follow the path in life of vocation, be it marriage, they have answered the call to marriage and they've answered it in the proper way with, uh, with fidelity and with loyalty and with love for one another or any other vocation to the religious orders or to some other institution in the church. Once people discover that vocation, then everything falls into place, see, in life. So uh, things are pretty clear. This is what I have to do now. Let's see if, if, I'm, if, I, if, I, if a person is going to get married and they do get married, for them now, it's the family. Care for the children no? that, that will come afterwards no? and what they will do with the family. If it's uh, to become a nun or to become a monk or, or to become a priest, then it's pretty clear. Uh, God already has cut out for you what you are supposed to do in life. So therefore, everything falls into place. You see, that's what happens when, when there is fidelity. And we see that in the example of Mary and Joseph. For them, it was pretty clear. What did they have to do? Well, to be those instruments of God in bringing up the child Jesus so that he could carry out the work of salvation. And they were faithful to that. In fact, Mary was faithful all the way up to the cross. When our Lord died, she was there. And she continued to be there with the apostles even after our Lord had already uh, ascended into heaven. And so that's why she was there with the apostles when the Holy Spirit descended upon them. You see that that was her life. That was the mission that they carried out and they carried it out well with fidelity. Thank you very much for that, Father. No? Very You're wonderful welcome. insights. Thank you. Thank you. What about you, uh, Atemika? Care to share? Yeah. Um Father gave such existential question. And um, I think it's a direction towards uh, looking for that higher purpose. Because, I mean, I do believe, and I think you also guys think that the youth, um, we're full of passion, we're full of energy, we're full of life. And um, sometimes the thing is, it's directed to a wrong way in the sense that, because we're, we're not able to think of a higher purpose for all of these things presented to us. Like there's so many things, so many things that we can do, so many things that we can direct our life to. And in order not to get lost among everything, because losing yourself among all these things is, um, it also leads to a crisis of the self. Um, it can lead us to lose our sense of purpose, our sense of um what am I doing here on earth? And so I think it's very important to, um, for young people to be able to imitate Our Lady and St. Joseph's fidelity, to be able to know how to struggle through the difficulty of committing oneself to one thing. And there, I guess that's something that we can all think about. Like, um, the depth in a sense of what is this all for and where are we heading and how do we get there through what is 
present to me right now. Yes. Thank you so much for that. Grabe ang ganda ng insights natin. Woo. Uh, I, I don't know, but I'm getting really like commitment, commitment. Like, whoa, I'm at that age, you know, where you get committed to someone. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm at that age. Sorry, sorry, just kidding. So, what about you, uh, Francis and Edward? You know, care to share your thoughts? Well, um, I think from based from what Mika and Father Kai has already mentioned, it's really getting to sit down, make time to really read the life of Mary and Joseph. I mean, we have the gospel, we have heard it years and years in, in the Mass, but to really take time to pay attention to how they live their life, those little details that people miss, that we miss, and those little details that we can find if we learn how to bring them in prayer. I mean, uh, like what Father Kayo mentioned, that the example of Joseph and Mary, how they answered their call at that age, how young they were. <laughs> they were younger than we are here right now. <laughs> but any age, any day is a good day to say yes to God. Uh, and I, I could just remember the different saints I have learned, I have known. I mean, Pedro Calungsod, who is uh, the second Filipino saint. He died at the, I think he died at the age of 17. He's a martyr. Uh, saint Jose Maria Escriva. Uh it was at the age of 16 when he saw those footprints and he saw them as he asked himself, if others can make such sacrifices for God, can't I offer him something? Really, I mean, just those little things that we can, we can pay attention to and those little things that happened to Mary and Joseph because literally they were small things compared to the biggest thing that would happen to their son. Their son would offer himself on the cross. And Joseph was not even there. Mary was left alone, by, accompanied by only one apostle. But really, they were faithful to the end. And I think that's what fidelity is. I think that's what they're trying to say in their vocation, in how they live fidelity. It is until the end. How my high school friend, we had him before as a guest, Martin, Fidelis Usque ad mortem. I remember him saying this some sometime during high school. Faithfulness until the end. And for us to really take upon this path, this word vocation, which is not only for the religious or supernatural aspect, but even in what we want to do in life, the the work that we want to, you know, the course that we want to take in college, even, or the things that the hobbies that we want to uh, nourish we realize that it's we have to be principal uh, it needs to be in a principled way we need to be object oriented there's always the lampposts the guides and sometimes we find it difficult also to trust in those people who guide us towards how we could be more faithful to uh, uh, to the correspond how we correspond to the vocation sometimes we fall into you know those clouds that would blind our eyesight but really, uh, I, I remember this <laughs> this hymn of St. Thomas Aquinas, the Adorota Devote. It's one of those beautiful hymns directed towards the Eucharist. Seeing, touching, tasting, these are all deceived. It is only through hearing that it can be believed. I mean, just imagine how blind one can be, how the senses can fall down. But uh, it's only through the hearing that Mary said yes, that Joseph said yes. So how, how about you, Edward? 
Well, um, yeah, Mary and Joseph were, what was that, younger than us? No? And they already know and understand commitment and loyalty. How about now, our generation? I just thought about that. And then maybe realize that they're, actu they're actually younger couples. Well, I wouldn't call them couples. They understand the meaning of commitment and loyalty. It, it, it's, 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 well, sad, I guess, to hear that people our age or the age of Mary and Joseph right now in this generation still does not understand loyalty and commitment. There are some, some people out there, women, men, who only wants to so-called, let's say, go into or enter in this relationship for the sake of being in a relationship. That's, that's bad. For the sake of being married, they just, want, they just want that. No commitment at all. No loyalty at all. They just want the experience. No? And I don't know the times of... Um, the times of Mary and Joseph, if they were taught by their own parents about this, this, this concept of commitment and loyalty, no. What about nowadays? I don't, I don't know if our parents even talk about this concept of loyalty and commitment. Maybe during in dinner time, but I think it should be this time that parents should educate their children on these things because they are. Many young couples out there, even younger than us, who still doesn't understand commitment and loyalty, who does not understand what it means to be in a relationship. And there, there's a saying, the right time, right place. And maybe uh, couples younger than us are neither of those. It's the wrong time, wrong place, no? And then they will just end up hurting each other. Which is why they need to understand loyalty, commitment, you know, for them, for a, for a good future. You know? How about you, Lucas? Hi. Yeah, are you okay, uh, Edward? Yeah, how you're about okay, you, right? Lucas? good, right? You're, you're good. I, I yeah, think I'm good, I'm good. I, I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I, let's move on okay. to the next question. Uh, I think, uh, Intense emotions we're feeling right now, dear friends. Talaga, when it comes to commitment and loyalty, you know, we get really <laughs> panicky, you know? Tamaan, Lucy, you know? Tamaan, you know? Ganyan talaga sa journey to, to the heart of St. Joseph. Ganyan talaga. Tama talaga. Uh, we really need to address these types of things because, you know, St. Joseph talaga, we should go through St. Joseph's heart. Get, get to, this is the way to St. Joseph's heart. We need to address these. And we, the youth, should be more, you know, committed to whatever we have to commit to okay nasama na ako dun sa <laughs> no uh thank you for that so francis you know care to proceed with our uh, discussion all right so what are in in relation to this uh question of how we could imitate their example their fidelity what would be to, to go deeper what are the necessary human virtues because we know these human virtues are what helps us develop further the supernatural virtues so how do we uh what are the necessary human virtues values we need to develop in order to uh develop the virtue of fidelity yeah. yes okay well first of all um i think the 
most important one because it is the counterpart of the supernatural virtue of fidelity would be loyalty. Now, um, what what is loyalty? It is, as I mentioned before, that once you give your word, that you fulfill it. Um, you know, sometimes I, uh, well, I have had this experience. So, I mean, it doesn't happen to everyone, but it is rather common. Like, if let's say, you know, in the center of Opus Day, there are some activities, and then maybe the guys invite others to those activities, and then, and of course, uh, some will say uh, maybe. Well, if they say maybe, then you're almost sure that they are saying that they cannot go, no? Because that's the Filipino way of expressing, uh, in a very kind way, I cannot go, no? Rather than just simply saying no, no. So, so it's a softer, no? Uh, but then you will find people also say, well, yes, I'll go, and they don't show up, no? Uh, and then, but then the, you shouldn't be surprised. It happened not in the gospel. Remember this story our Lord told of the. The, ma the father who told his son to go to the vineyard, the son said he would not go. Uh, but then he went. And the other son who said that he would go, but he did not go. So it's as old as the, it's as old as the Gospels. No? So loyalty, uh, to, get, to give one, when one gives one's word, to fulfill it. Unless, of course, there is some unavoidable circumstance that prevents you from fulfilling the word that you have given. You know, sometimes you can also see in even in ordinary language, at least in Tagalog, no, how maybe this one of giving one's word sometimes is uh, belittled, no, because we sometimes say, salita lang yan, no? So sometimes we say salita lang. So which which means that you know you the word doesn't mean much, no. But it should mean something. No, when when you when you give your word, you promise to do something. Be sure that you do it. No? That's the virtue of loyalty. Then, um, of course, to be loyal, to give one's word means that you have to know what you're doing. So there is another virtue which is important: prudence, the virtue of prudence. Meaning, we have to know what we're after and what are the means for us to be able to achieve it. So, which means that you would have to study matters, think about them, which is why I, earlier I reflected on this uh, practice of our Blessed Mother who pondered things in her heart. Um, spiritual writers have equated it with the virtue of prudence. She thought about things. She tried to reflect on them. Um, it's important, I think, that before you give your word, think about the consequences. Think about what it means. Huh? Think about the implications because... If you feel that after having studied matters and thought about them, that you can't do it, well, then don't say that you can do it. Or maybe renegotiate the terms. No? Uh, say, I can only do so much. I cannot do this other thing. I might not be able to do this other thing. And this other matter, I'm not so sure about it. Well, let's see when we get there. So that way, it's not just simply, uh, I don't want. Or yes, I can, but then without realizing maybe you can't. No? So it is a pondered response, no? so something that we have thought about, um, which will vary. No? Because, of course, neither is it a matter of just thinking about things endlessly and never coming to a decision. No? I mean, that's we shouldn't fall in either into analysis paralysis. No? That 
So much analyzing, analyzing, analyzing. Oh, what's the reply? Wala, nag-analyze pa ako. Maghintay ka lang, no? I mean, there's to come a time, no? When when you have to say, well, I've I've thought about things as much as I can. I have now to commit myself, no? And you just jump into the picture and you and you do whatever you can and you learn in the process. So therefore, that, that's prudence. It's important. It's also necessary in order for a person to be able to say yes. But then again, there's, there's another virtue too, which can be very helpful. And that it is that of humility. And we wonder, what, what does humility have to do with fidelity? No? Because um, when we give our word to something, when we commit ourselves to something, then we realize, well, here is something that already is beyond me alone. It refers already to something outside of me. Um, notice persons who are egotists who just simply think about themselves, they never commit to anything. Why? Because they will always analyze, what's in it for me? Uh, they, will not, they will not think about what they can do for the others. They will think about what's in it for me. And so it's a form of pride, no? Uh, it's it's a thing that, well, you know, I'm the one here who has to be the boss. If I can't be the boss, well, sorry, no, I can't commit myself. So it's uh, understanding. Well, when you commit yourself, you're committing yourself to something that already will be beyond you. And so there will be many things that will be beyond your control, but you just have to learn how to face up to them. So this thing of embracing your history, you know, taking responsibility for things, which is something that you will have to learn step by step, you know? And maybe a final thing uh, that will that highlights fidelity. We're faithful to something and to someone. So it is also charity. It is the giving of self to an, to a, an ideal, to a person. So therefore, once you once you commit yourself, you are giving yourself. Now you know maybe let me think uh, highlight this in marriage. Marriage is the one relationship in which the self-giving is total. So the husband and wife have to give themselves totally to one another um, in, in, order to, in order for the, for there to be fidelity. The moment that you start holding something back, for example, in a marriage, then you're not giving yourself. You're not faithful, therefore. See, so it, it's a, it, it always entails a gift of self. Um, other forms of relationships and giving of self will have varying degrees of self-giving, but always fidelity will entail a giving of self in, in some way or another uh, until maybe that complete giving of self when one really enters into the relationship of marriage. So these, I think, are the four essential virtues that support the virtue of fidelity. Amazing, Father. Thank you so much for all those virtues that you have just uh, outlined. Maybe we can hear first from... Oh, he disappeared. Anyway, we can hear first from Mika. <laughs> okay. Father gave all the good answers already. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Well, for me, um, I think, yes, uh, fidelity. Um, you would... Fidelity will have to, would have to comprise of the little things, I mean, of the everyday things. It's not like a one-time, big-time thing. So when we look at those um, little things of everyday, I guess 
the value and the, or the virtue that we have to hold on to are also fortitude and hope in the sense that um, it's they're like they're very um, things or there may be a lot of annoyances little annoyances like within the day um, for example like in a marriage um, there would be the annoyance of the other person sleeping later than you like using his phone so like the other so the wife would have to like oh no like how do i sleep <laughs> um but then there um it would be thinking about um for, well for in the for the husband's part um he also needs generosity in the sense that um he had he have to think of the wife and her would have that she would have to wake up early to make the the breakfast for the kids. And yeah, um, I guess it would be the generosity of maybe taking a time off from the phone. And anyway, uh, fortitude, in a sense, relating it to that, is that you're going to have those little annoyances possibly every day of your life. And it's uh, something that you're going to have to hold on to until the end. Um, there and i guess it's also in a sense um being hopeful that in times of turmoil um that everything will be all right in the end and that something um a problem right now it's something that um you can go through with the other and yeah it's a lesson and it's something that you can used to bond you further and there um i guess that's it it's looking on to really the little things and being um struggling through that yeah thank you so much for that uh, I, i'm i'm really floored right now it's so many great insights and just i just really love our discussion and really i think all of this just really points to commitment and to loyalty so i hope to our dear friends watching us today let's you know be more true to our word or panindigan natin lahat ng mga commitment natin sa buhay natin saint joseph nga eh kinain yun kaya mo rin naman <laughs> so what about you uh francis and edward your thoughts guys go edward well yeah yeah uh as you mentioned man countless of times no commitment loyalty you no know? it all leads to like this kind this virtue I guess you could say uh, all this love, no? charity, love. Now, if you love someone, <laughs> hello. If you love someone, <laughs> sorry, I'm back in this topic again. Sorry for the singles out there. Now you you <laughs> always do everything for that person. You know, um, you'll persevere. You know all the other virtues that was mentioned or were mentioned by Father and I know Mika. You know. You'll do everything for that person. Well, I guess, okay, so that the singles out there won't be affected. Passion. You know, if you're passionate about some something, passionate about photography, passionate about your work, being a doctor, you know, you'll try and try until you succeed. No? There's, that, that's that, there's that saying, persevering, just so that you get to that goal. Yeah, that's just my takeaway for this. I don't want to say anything anymore. How about you, thank Kiko? <laughs> wait, uh, sorry, just to add, uh, thank you for calling us the singles. No, so thank I, you. It wasn't 
targeted to you, just probably the single sounder. <laughs> go Kiko, go Francis. Well, uh, I, I like what Father mentioned. Uh, I think, especially as Filipinos, hindi tayo marunong magno. As in, it's it's in our blood, it's in our mentality. But our Lord would tell us, let your yes mean yes. And especially if we encounter that question from God, na He wants this for us, this vocation. We have to mean it. We have to show it. We have to show it not only by the words that we say, but the actions that are produced by the virtues that we value the most. I mean, the prudence, the fortitude, the humility, and everything. Uh, I, I like to re- recall again, to, to repeat what I said, the creative courage of St. Joseph, which also uh, somehow correlates to another uh, description that Pope Francis gave in Patris Corde, that St. Joseph is a shadow of the Father. I mean, he, he did everything that he could to, to raise our Lord. He had his own creativity, etc., but he was still a shadow, as how this author that Pope Francis mentioned portrayed uh, St. Joseph as a shadow. And this shadow we discover in the vocation because if we really want what God would want from us, then we have to be a shadow. And this shadow doesn't mean that we lose that creative courage, that creativity, that courage to be creative. No. God gives us all the freedom that we need. Because if we didn't have freedom in the first place, uh, then we would be forced into following His will. It would not be a vocation at all. But like what I, uh, like I want to mention here is that uh, each of us, is part of God's creation. And this is his beautiful expression of his goodness, of his love. Uh, what Father Kaya mentioned, that Our Lady, who pondered everything in her heart. I have a friend who used to say, uh, the mind is placed above the heart. Yes, we, we are rational beings and all, but it doesn't mean that we neglect the heart because each and every little thing I mean, again, the concern for the little things. We realize that each and every little thing in us, outside us, will build up to the beautiful, the beauty, the beautiful creation of our Lord. I mean, we are, uh, he wants us to be the creatures of his, the, the creational value. We don't, ne- we don't want to neglect that because uh, we are part of his creation and we want to be creative. So... Really, we have to be creative in faithfulness, in fidelity. And I think also in fidelity, uh, we know we fidelity is learning also how to say yes. Yes to our Lord, yes to the plans of our Lord. But we also reach that point of learning how to say no in order, we, in order to say yes to God more. Because there are things we realize through the journey that it's not for us to hold on to. It's not what God wants from us. For the same that Joseph and Mary, perhaps they had all their plans, how they wanted to live their family life, and yet they had to drop it at one fiat. So also in us, we have to learn that. Uh, And again, as what Father Kayo emphasized in humility, we don't just want to end up being couch potatoes because it's really going out of our comfort. It's not normal for us because we were... We were born with the vocation, but we, I mean, God has planted the seed of the vocation in us, but 
all the aspects of the vocation, we will know in time. As Mary and Joseph did not know that they would escape to Egypt, that uh, Joseph would have a son who is not biologically his, etc., etc. And again, the what really touched me is that in humility, we realize the value of the commitment, but in charity, we learn how to live it by giving ourselves. So I think that's my takeaway from this. For that. So again, to summarize, loyalty, prudence, charity, fortitude. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. For those wonderful, wonderful insights. So dear friends, I hope you're enjoying our discussion so far. We actually are about to move on to our favorite segment on the show. Only one, but uh, soon, season two, who knows? There might be more segments. <laughs> and that is, what would St. Joseph do? Here we answer the age-old question. I, I, at least it was just... You know, Edward and I wanted to. I, Edward Francis and I wanted to ask this question: What would Saint Joseph do? In which we don't really, we we just want to simulate. You know, what uh, Saint Joseph would do in a certain in, in the discussion that we're having so far, and how to deal with everything that has happened with the world today. So, Francis, care to share our "What would Saint Joseph do?" segment for today? Yeah. So we've gone from a testimony. Uh, how Father Cayo answered his vocation, and then to the example of our mother, of St. Joseph, the specific virtues. Now we would like to somehow have a certain scenario. I mean, what would St. Joseph do if he were present along with our mother? Because we know our mother was only with the Apostle John during the crucifixion. But what if? What if St. Joseph was there during the crucifixion of our Lord? And I ask this question because... Would St. Joseph still be faithful? Would Mary have still been faithful? And how can this be really an inspiration for us young people? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I could imagine. Uh, um, you know, in the moment of the crucifixion, our Blessed Mother obviously being, being human, I mean, even though she was the fullness of grace, she had feelings and she loved the child Jesus like any other mother would love her baby. Uh, I'm sure that she would have been suffering a lot at the moment of the crucifixion. Well, not only the crucifixion, but also the passion. And she must have been suffering already hearing all of these, uh, you know, the, the Pharisees looking for ways to trap Jesus, the many different contradictions that our Lord would encounter. But then again, um, our Blessed Mother, being holy, would have faced all up to all of this with a lot of faith, with supernatural outlook, you know, with a, um, not with a sense of uh, anxiety or fear or in the passion, for example, even though she would have been heartbroken, it would not have been a, a hysterical reaction. You know, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with this, um, the movie of Jesus with Olivia, Olivia Hasse playing the role of Mary. It came out many years ago, in the, sometime in the 70s, uh, late 70s. Um, everything was okay in the movie, but what I didn't like was that part of the passion when I was crucified. And the character of Olivia Hasse, she was playing the character of Mary. She became hysterical. And I was thinking, you know, our Blessed Mother wouldn't have been like that. No? She wouldn't have been hysterical. Um, 
she would have cried, I would think I would say. I'm sure she would have been there in much pain. Um, but understanding very well that all of this would have been necessary. Now, if Joseph were there, I can just imagine him with his arms around our blessed mother, consoling her. Uh, and he himself would have been suffering a lot also, even though Jesus was not his natural son. Um, and because of the mission that he had received to take care of both Jesus and our blessed mother. And so all, the, all those years spent by the side of Jesus, um, we cannot say that he would not have loved our Lord like his very own son. He would have loved him in the very same way as any father would love his son. So he would have been suffering also, but then at the same time realizing, well, I have to console Mary uh, in, in moments like this. So, um, and, and that is also what we can think about Joseph, and maybe including our Blessed Mother. Uh, whenever in our lives we perhaps may encounter difficulties and contradictions, remember that they were there at the foot of the cross, and they knew what suffering meant. And from heaven, they understand our sufferings here on earth, whether they be big or small, and for sure, they will always accompany us along the way if we turn to them. So that is why how important it is to seek the intercession of our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph. Um, not only in the good times, but also in the bad times when we tend to suffer. Um, sometimes the sufferings might be real. At times, it can be just imagined because we maybe might, we might create our own problems ourselves. No? But that is why we have to turn to them, I think, to turn to them a lot in prayer. So therefore, the... They can be a model for us in this sense, a model of steadfastness, even in the midst of difficulties, of uh, you know going the extra mile in in carrying out the different things God wants us to carry out here on earth, no? um, even to the point of the cross. Um, the I think Joseph and Mary would have taught us, or they they do teach us that we shouldn't be afraid of the cross. We shouldn't be afraid of, 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 of suffering because we're not alone in suffering. Jesus suffered. He suffered for us. And so therefore, we can see consolation in that. And our Blessed Mother and Joseph knew very well what suffering is, and they can also console us uh, through their intercession from heaven. Thank you very much, Father Kayo. Maybe we can You're continue welcome. with Mika. Yeah, um, I agree with Father that I think all throughout the Passion, St. Joseph would have his arms around Our Lady all throughout. He would have carried her weight throughout um, that very tedious, difficult walk to Calvary. And seeing so St. Joseph there at the foot of the cross, I think he would have been the one to give Our Lord to Our Lady's arms, and he would have been there behind Our Lady all throughout while Our Lady grieves for Our Lord's death. And there, I guess we see his strength, his strength of putting Our Lady first before his own grief, like choosing to put Our Lady first before his own grief. And yeah, like Father said, it's that steadfast love 
and I think this is an inspiration for us, um, the youth, to remain steadfast in our commitments, commitment to people or to the projects that we um, that we do and take. Yeah. Thank you, Mika. If I may go after her. Um, I'd like to put together what Father Kayo and what Mika earlier said, that if, I, if we would imagine Joseph hugging Our Lady, comforting her, they would have been a rock for each other. They would have been a support, a strength for each other, as they were from the start that they raised our Lord and up until the end, from the last moment that they would see their son. Maybe deep down, they would tell themselves, Yes, we have raised this son of ours to be very faithful as Jesus had his own vocation, his own calling to answer, which is to save us all. And this is what we are about to celebrate in the coming season of Easter, really. We, we need to thank Joseph. We owe it to him, to our mother, for our Lord. He is really the one that we are talking about here. He's really the one who we should thank for for defining what fidelity really means. And how can this be an inspiration for us? We have to be the same. Same with Mary and Joseph. We have to be in solidarity with the many, many people who are suffering today. Not just because of the pandemic, but how the pandemic has enhanced the many other problems in the world. That even if we are stuck at our homes for almost a year now, we just celebrated the anniversary of the lockdown. And... We know that we have a lot of friends and family who are still stuck at home. But even the simplest call, a simple message, a simple visit to them, how virtual or face-to-face -face with the usual protocols, we can be another uh, another rock, another saxum, <laughs> another rock to strength for them. So maybe we can continue with Lucas. Yeah, thank you for that, uh, Francis. I'm sorry, what is saxum? I forgot my Latin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, rock. So, no, because uh, I remember St. Maria called Blessed Alvaro, his saxum is rock. So I'm sure all of us would also look for that saxum in life. Thank you for that. Uh, I forgot my Latin 7 to 9, so apologies to my teachers <laughs> if ever they're watching. <laughs> if ever you're watching, sorry. <laughs> so um, my take, what would St. Joseph do here present along with our mother? I mean, I'm pretty sure he would be there up until the end and he would be thankful. I'm pretty sure with the mission that he did, with the vocation that he was in. I'm pretty sure he'll be, thank you, Lord. Uh, I know our son is with you right now and I know he's with us. He's with us, guiding us and Thank you for giving me this opportunity. You know, I think it will be something like that. And later on, I'm pretty sure the angels will appear again to St. Joseph in a dream, saying that since you have been very, very uh, willing to continue and to, you know, uh, be with God until the end, here's a spoiler. <laughs> Your son will be back after three days. <laughs> Don't tell Mary so she'll be surprised. You know, so, so, so something like that because I'm pretty sure as St. Joseph dreams and you know sleeps and comforts our mother mary i'm pretty sure the angels will tell him don't be again don't be afraid you know christ will be back and what you did was yeah, really Lucas, remember what uh, father orbos said in our previous episode that saint joseph is also considered the 
what they call this, uh, the patron of departing souls. Just imagine how yes. Jesus went to, to, to hell to pick up all those souls as he would open the gates of heaven. Joseph was there. He would have probably picked up Joseph first. And now Joseph is the one waiting for us along Agreed. with our lady. Agreed. Thank you for that, Francis. So yeah, that, that's it from mine. So St. Joseph, pray for us. Pray for a, We pray for a happy death. So what about you, uh, Edward? Your uh, thoughts? Well, yeah, I agree with what Francis said, you know. Let's uh, stay strong during this pandemic, you know. That's what we, that's what they they would feel, you know. Stay strong. And okay, what would, what would uh, St. Joseph do uh, that time if he were, if he were there? Well, it would be the same as what Father and uh, Mika mentioned. He would be there consoling uh, Mary. And it would be really painful for him and for Father Mary to see Jesus in that cross, experiencing the, I remember this, the pain or the pain in the five senses. I remember our previous guests, Sorrento, I mentioned this to us way back. Jesus was experiencing pain in all of his five senses, you know, sense of touch in the cross. It hurts of nails here in palms. Sense of eyes. Um, I guess the let's call it, let's say the the people in the giving of the five loaves, uh, the loaves and the fishes. They were all there telling him to get crucified, or maybe even because his mother was there crying. No, it's painful to his eyes, painful to the ears. The sight of he, uh, sight to like sense of hearing. Hearing the people that he helped crucify him, crucify him. Sense of what's the nose? Sense of uh, no smell. Sense, smell. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my kindergarten teachers. <laughs> yeah, there are many dead bodies right behind the cross. His cross. He can smell those dead bodies. What am I missing? taste the vinegar you know and joseph and mary seeing jesus experience all those pain must be really painful for them you know so and they stayed strong and they would stay strong you know them together mary and joseph would stay strong even in that moment and that's 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 what i think what would say joseph do that's what i think Take it away, Lucas. Thank you for that, EJ. Uh, Edwards, stay strong. You know, stay strong. So to our dear friends joining us today, stay strong and laban uh, lang. And let us keep true to our commitments because, again, fidelity leads to fulfillment. So that's my key takeaway for today. So, dear friends, give your virtual round of applauses to our guests today. Thank you so much, Father Cayo. Mika, Mika, thanks so much for joining us today. So, dear friends, Happy, happy feast day. We thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. So before we end with our closing prayer, allow me to just give a short shout out to our coffee conversation. So dear friends, if you wish to join us, you know, to proclaim our love and affection to St. Joseph, share, join us to in coffee conversations, a focus group discussion we will be holding anytime soon. What will St. Joseph do? Here we grab a cup of Joe and talk about Joe himself. So if you guys are interested to join our coffee conversations you may check us out again at facebook.com slash st joseph 
podcast. And also, our episodes are out now on Spotify at uh, bit.ly slash SJP Spotify. So, dear friends, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, happy, happy feast day once again. So, we now end with our prayer. And maybe Father Kaya will give us a blessing later before we end. Thank you. Thank you, way, Edward. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Joseph the Just. Wisdom is with you. Blessed are you among all men, and blessed is Jesus, the fruit of Mary, your faithful spouse. Holy Joseph, worthy foster father of Jesus Christ, pray for us sinners and obtain divine wisdom for us from God, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Joseph, our Father and Lord, pray for, pray us. for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to get to know your Father, Saint Joseph, Father and Lord of the Universal Church also. Help all of us, your children here on earth, to follow the example of Saint Joseph, to turn to him and to our Blessed Mother in all of our needs so that, held by their hands, we may walk along this path of holiness in this world and bring many other souls back to you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that. St. Joseph, our Father and Lord pray for us so dear friends happy happy feast day once again thank you so much for joining us today we hope you had a great time you learned something new uh together let's journey to saint joseph's heart this has been the saint joseph podcast with lucas francis and edward together with our guests for today mika and father kayo estrada thank you so much for joining us god bless see you guys soon thank you